Welcome to the Soul Care Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Tamika Marvia, and I'm so glad to have you here. This podcast is a safe and intentional space for Black women to navigate their feelings and experiences. It allows us to enjoy Blackness and bask in the essence of it. Here I create a space to discuss and bring awareness to matters concerning mental health, mindset, self-care, spirituality, and wellness. Thank you so much for tuning in. And welcome to the first episode. So let's get started. I know a lot has been going on recently. Um, I previously recorded a different episode, but with everything going on, I just couldn't ignore. I just couldn't ignore this. I recorded this so many times, and I feel like as I've recorded it, I've gone through the emotions like sad, angry exhausted now i'm at a calmer state where i feel like maybe i can talk and it's not going to be too reactive we're going to be talking about navigating racial trauma and black mental health and how black lives matter period so first off i'm just going to acknowledge what's been going on it's been very hard um to see black men and women being killed and discriminated and treated horribly at the hands of the police. It's also been very sickening seeing these hate crimes and acts against black people during all of this. Black men and women have been killed by the police. It's not something that's new, but it is definitely something that is coming more to the surface White people are finally being held accountable for their behaviors, biases, attitudes, compliance, comfortability, and being complicit um, at the suffering of, of Black people and what we go through. I do agree with the statement that white supremacy won't die until white people see it as a white issue rather than a Black issue they need to empathize with. It's so true, like... The issue with police brutality, it's not the fact that a black person or majority of black people are just committing crimes or doing something wrong and the police officer is doing their job and as a result, it ends in death. No, these are cases where the police are not doing their jobs effectively. They're not de-escalating the situation. A lot of times they are discriminating and arresting black men and women, killing black men and women without reason. Definitely a power trip, definitely a lack of training, definitely a lack of ethics, moral, and humanity. The fact that people lack respect for black bodies, it brings a lot of pain to my heart because every time I see those videos online, I'm just reminded of what my answers have gone through and it really aggravates me and makes me upset because I think about how we have so much more work to do in terms of anti-blackness being a global issue. I think it's been about race and it's always been about race. There's no country where anti-blackness doesn't exist. We all have had experiences as Black people or heard of experiences of someone being treated wrong based on the color of their skin, being discriminated against, 
um, having different biases and microaggressions and attitudes towards them based on being black. As black women, we definitely suffer as well, like with the stereotypes about having a bad attitude, being angry and aggressive. It's extremely difficult and exhausting. And I think that it's great that we've reached this point in society where people are starting to finally understand what is going on or trying to understand what's going on. But I'm just really hoping that the work doesn't stop at what's going on now with the Black Lives Matter movement. I really hope that people are going to continue to do the work. And it's inspired me to actually think about ways that I haven't shown up for myself the way that I needed to. And I'm not, I'm not trying to be too hard on myself because I know that there are situations that I wasn't ready to be that assertive because a lot of times when you are, you get placed in the categories and the stereotypes and the narratives that you don't want to be placed in. So it's like a catch-22. For me, I don't know about you guys. I hope you guys are doing well and, you know, really taking care of your mental health during this time. If you need to take a break and get off of social media, definitely do that. If you need to just, you know, go for a walk, do that. You know, if you need to find some black girl or black boy joy, do that. I do think that these emotions can be very triggering for us it can be very harmful for us if we just stay online and constantly engage in what's going on the next black person that's hurt or arrested or killed and that we unfortunately witness on social media it's like keeping our body in a state of fighting all the time and it's okay to rest i want to let you guys know that it's okay to rest um, for me right now, this time has been extremely difficult, exhausting, and heartbreaking. Like I mentioned earlier, I've definitely gone through stages of being sad, being upset, being hurt. Um, but I think I'm starting to kind of level out. For me... It's been annoying having to have conversations with non-Black people about the struggle because I just feel like they don't understand. Like the Black experience, especially the Black woman experience, it's hard. Oftentimes we fight the hardest to be heard and we, we really receive little in return. People love our style, our aesthetic of being Black, our essence and the life that we bring but it's a selfish kind of love how can you love someone just to benefit just to benefit off of them because of what you feel like all we are is people that you can take from that you don't want to be categorized as so you're wearing your identity as a costume something you can pick up and let go of, something that you can just chill with your black girlfriends and it's considered a phase. You can't handle the struggle. And it's really led me to this question of allyship. I don't want to be educating other people on how to be an ally. I'm just being real with you guys. I don't. Um, 
I've had conversations with friends, non-Black people of color, about what's going on. And it's just left me so drained and feeling really (laughs) gaslit to the point where I'm like, you know what, let me just block this person and continue on with my day because I don't have time to engage in it. I really don't. And this time has definitely been, this time has definitely been an eye opener. I feel like for me personally, of who I decide to not only give my money, but who I decide to call a friend. And I don't mean to out anyone because I know my friends support me. So if you're listening to this, it's no hard feelings, but it is what it is. I had a few friends that made interesting posts during this time of um, the Black Lives Matter movement that's going on. One of my friends definitely showed her true colors in terms of not supporting Black Lives Matter and being All Lives Matter. I was so triggered mainly because she's a friend that I talked to about a lot of different situations. And to me, as her friend, she comes to me when she experiences certain... um, And as a friend, as her friend, she also comes to me when she has certain experiences that she feels it's because of her race. I was surprised that uh, she was posting that All Lives Matter. I also, I also had another friend who made a post about um, things that were going on. So like the pandemic and racism and um, other issues. And I was explaining to her that to share a narrative of being positive and just believing in the good I kind of relate that to people who use spirituality as like this tool that we can get through anything and I'm not saying that that's not true because spirituality can definitely give you strength and it can uplift you and it gives you hope and also religion too like I'm I'm definitely not going to be here and sit down and act like I'm not a spiritual or religious person because if you met me and if you follow me, you know that I am. I don't like this whole thing of spiritual bypassing or positivity when it comes to addressing these issues. We've tried as Black people to do it so many different ways. We've fought so long and we've been fighting. It's been a fight and it's something that hasn't stopped. It's something that's continued. So for her to spread this narrative of like, yeah, guys, like I know that it's a gloomy time and there's an issue with the coronavirus going on and racism and social disparity. Don't worry, guys, like one day that will end. Although those are not her exact words, I'm definitely paraphrasing and it's not meant to be offensive. Sharing that narrative of sunshine and rainbows and being hopeful, what does that do? I told her it's extremely damaging to share a narrative of being positive and just believing in the good. When my people have been dying and been dying for years, like when someone dies over $20 for no reason and you're going to share something of just being positive and believing in the good, where's the action in that? That is so damaging and triggering to spread to a large audience. It's not right. Like I definitely let her know. 
for 400 plus years, men, women, children, the elderly of Black communities? Have you seen the way that we're treated? Have you seen the way that we've been treated? A lot of the times the answer is no, because people have this facade of being multicultural or being diverse just because we have rights and we're not picking cotton anymore or we're not in segregation. And it's like, we've been fighting and we're still fighting and you guys aren't seeing it. I am glad that people are learning and trying to educate themselves now, but I don't know. For me, it was hurtful. It was triggering. And I told her that comparing the loss of life due to systemic and structural racism to social disparity in female rights, it's just really ignorant. And although that's not your intention, you owe it to educate yourself. I cannot be friends with someone who is all lives matter. I can be friends with someone who goes out and tries to educate themselves and actively, actively works on their own privileges and their own biases and attitudes and informs other people about that. But if they can't, I just feel like I'm just not in the space to handle it. I'm really not. We already go through so much. I was really trying to, you know, gather her in a nice way with love. And her response, although like I understood that it wasn't her intention, she did what a lot of non-Black people of color do, which is gaslight um, and silence. And I was just thinking about it. This experience and experiences like this is a reason I changed my podcast from Black, Indigenous, people of color to specifically Black women, I feel like our experiences are never heard, we're never seen, we're underappreciated, and it makes me emotional, guys. It makes me so emotional because I'm like, if you can't even have that open conversations with people that you trust, people that you consider your friend for years, I'm referring to myself, it's like, who can I have this conversation with? And it's like, How many times do we have to scream and yell, Black Lives Matter? How many times do we have to say, you being racist towards us, having these microaggressions is not okay? How many times do we have to tell you what's wrong and then you still look at us and say, there's no such thing as racism. Slavery happened so many years ago. Why don't you guys just pick yourself up and move on with life and get the opportunities that you need. Although other people of color need to be listening to it, it's so important for us to have our own safe spaces because I can get triggered in 2.5 seconds and it's not healthy for us to be in such a state of alertness for us to be in this fight mode 24-7 for what we're being exposed to. It ties right into what I'm going to be telling you guys about racial trauma. So racial trauma is a form of race-based stress and trauma that affects Black people and people of color. It is the cumulative effects of racism on an individual's mental and physical health. It can cause stress. It can cause mental distress, anxiety, depression, physical symptoms, and it's a direct response to the events and experiences of racial discrimination, micro-macro aggressions, and structural and systemic racism. 
of course there's going to be racial trauma when we're experiencing certain things all the time that's a fact it's normal and i find it quite surprising that there isn't enough research and information on these kind of topics mainly because it's not a priority in academia which really sucks it's unfortunate mainly because it's not a priority in the academic field in terms of psychology and social sciences the thing with racial trauma is that it can be experienced individually or collectively Um, It's not something that can completely go away or disappear unless we're going to actively cope and heal it. Unfortunately, we are re-exposed to the traumatic racializations and experiences and events. To simply explain it, witnessing trauma, violence, brutality, discrimination, and also hearing about these events can be very traumatic and triggering when we are silenced and ignored and gaslit it's traumatic as well witnessing someone die on social media is traumatic racial trauma is completely real so that leads us to our question how do we not only cope but heal from the effects of racial trauma racial trauma is definitely something that will take time to heal from due to the re-exposure but these are just some of my tips that I feel like could help you guys so I have five tips on how to navigate racial trauma and heal from it number one is acknowledge and identify what you're feeling what you're feeling is valid but try to put a name on it We need to be able to identify our emotions and speak about our fears and feelings and identify the stressors. Obviously, we know what's causing it is majority white people and the stress that has come with their oppression and systemic and structural racism and the benefits that continue and the benefits they continue to reap, and also the damage that it's done on every single level of society. So identify what you're feeling and give it a name to create a safe space. So whether that is somewhere where you can just be by yourself or create a space or creating a safe space with people, with people you identify with, people who get you, people who look like you, that can be a community in person, whether you want to go to like a support group or a community online. There's plenty of Black women online who would love to share their experiences with you. I know that I follow a lot of accounts. I can definitely put some resources in the show notes if you are interested. Three is affirming what you are. A lot of the time, society tells us that we're not good enough, we're not worthy, we're not beautiful. I'm definitely not saying affirmations are going to overnight change your whole perspective on how you're feeling about racial trauma, but affirming to yourself that you're worthy, that you're beautiful, that against all odds, 
you deserve to be seen and heard. Those are some things that I found very helpful. And I know that also affirming where you come from, like the history of how rich, no matter where you're from, our ancestors were in terms of, you know, the African diaspora, whether you are in the States or whether you're in the Caribbean or South America, Black ancestry, just looking back at the history that they've stripped away from us, it could be reassuring, you know, that we're not just what we see in terms of the stereotypes and the narratives. There's so much more. And also saying those affirmations to yourself. Number four is storytelling. Tell your story in whatever way makes you comfortable. If you can tell your story to your friends, tell your story to, I would encourage you to tell your story to anyone that will listen. Anyone that's willing to just give an air. Tell your story and don't be ashamed of what you're saying. Speak your truth. And when you continue to voice your opinion, when you continue to stand up in your essence and when you continue to stand up in who you are as a person, that's how you take your power back. The last tip I have is tapping into your essence. So creating routine that brings you into your power whether that is a spiritual routine, whether that is a self-care routine, figure out what recharges you, what re-energizes you, and reclaim your energy, transform that into something else. It could be through art, it could be through whatever self-expression you feel comfortable. And that in itself will help. Obviously, you know I'm an advocate for mental health, so a bonus tip I'll definitely say is reach out to a professional. Reach out to a professional and get support if you need it is something that I'm learning how to do and practice and be patient while doing it. Don't allow anyone to mess up your vibe, guys. Like. If you are in a space where you feel like it's not conductive, just let it go. Leave it alone. Find some time to recharge. Continue to have those conversations. And, you know, like I said, acknowledge and identify what you're feeling. Create a safe space. Affirm what you are. Storytell. Tap into your essence. And recharge. Rest. There's going to be another day. I hope. This gives you some ways of healing and coping with racial trauma going forward. I would also encourage you, you know, to share space for one another and to support one another in the journey that we have as Black women. Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning into this first episode. I know it was a lot and I really show notes because I'll definitely leave some resources in there and 
really take care of yourselves and lots of light and love until next time.